rush hour. It's not really much of a thing in Antigo, Wisconsin. Like, ever. 7.30 on a Tuesday morning, and a light stream of traffic zips along out front of Antigo's Super 8 Motel. <laughs> I notice right away lots of campers and RVs. Seems about every fourth vehicle seems to be pulling a boat. This is an area of recreation. Now, logging and the railroad first put this town of 8,000 people on Wisconsin's map, but these days, the lakes and the woods seem to keep the people coming back. Inside that Super 8, two guys get to work in the pool area. Nick Kolbeck carries a GoPro camera out on the end of a selfie stick. His co-worker casts a fishing lure to the far end of the pool and starts reeling. See that hair pulsating like that? That's what you want. Together, these two record underwater video of the small inline spinner. Its chartreuse blade flashes and buzzes in the chlorinated water. Looks good. Yeah, it looks really good. The key is when that thing hits that water, you want it spinning immediately. That's when you'll get probably 90% of your strikes. God, that thing's spinning nice. During wintertime, we don't we have about six to twelve inches of ice, so this is our test tank come wintertime. Turns out the motel owners are friends with the nearby neighbors. Meps fishing baits. <laughs> it's a handshake deal. Meps can come in and test baits when nobody's in the pool, of course. Kind of a big perk of small town living. Those Meps baits made just a few blocks away in two modest buildings that sit on the edge of an Antigo neighborhood. Inside. The busyness of the bait business. I've come to discover the legacy and history of the baits. Right away at the front desk, you really understand the story. You walk in and spinners of all sizes, shapes, and colors literally cover the guest entrance walls. They're everywhere. MEPS engineers will tell you they produce more than 10,000 different baits. 10,000. The first thing I learn here the name MEPS actually means something. It's an acronym and it's from French, so it doesn't match up exactly with English, but it's Manufacturers and Engineers of Pre Precision Sport Fishing Equipment. Mike Sheldon knows all of MEPS history, <laughs> and he should. See, his father ran Antigo's old sports shop right around the end of World War II. My dad had a retail sports shop here in Antigo. He sold fishing and hunting gear. Some of the soldiers that were stationed in France brought back two items with them because they were new and innovative. That was MEP spinners and Mitchell spinning reels. And that's really how they got started here and introduced in the United States. And one of the soldiers gave my dad some MEP spinners to try and he looked at them and thought, well, you know, they don't look like much to me. so. He never used them for a couple years, and one day he was out fishing on the Wolf River, 
not catching any fish and he was looking through his tackle and he saw those MEP spinners so he put one on and he caught a limit of fish and of course at that point he was convinced, boy I'd be, I need to be selling these. Just sold them in his sport shop and he would go back to this GI to get more and the GI had a contact in France and one of the interesting things about that is you know they didn't have use for dollars and it wasn't easy to exchange for French francs back then. So my dad would pay in nylon stockings because those were in demand in France and they couldn't get them over there. That was the start of MEPS right here in the United States. Todd Sheldon grew U.S. sales and eventually imported more than 3 million MEPS spinners every single year. Eventually, the French owner wanted to retire, so Todd bought in and moved much of the company to Antigo. I kind of want to see how MEPS builds its most popular bait. It's called the Aglia, a single blade spinner dressed up with a big chartreuse color and tipped with a puffy brown squirrel tail. Aglia, another name of reason. So the Aglia, well, I believe it's uh, a Latin word that means butterfly. Well, it flutters through the water like a butterfly would flutter through the air. A beautiful little lure that if you look closely enough resembles kind of a small piece of art. Okay, it's time to quickly thank a few sponsors of the podcast, but right after, I hope you'll tag along as we walk next door and start the production process alongside MEPS Paint Crew. <laughs> Plus, a little bit later, what is this? Your dessert. I get a real surprise right at work from one of my favorite MEPS production ladies. Just you wanted blueberries and raspberries, there you go. <laughs> You're unbelievable. I know I am. I'm Bill Shirt, and this is the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Lots of great sponsors help us get to you each week. Up first, we'd like to thank the Minnesota Propane Association. This message is brought to you by the Minnesota Propane Association. Clean, affordable, reliable energy. These are all the things that people want for their homes and businesses. The one source of energy in Minnesota that can offer all of these benefits is propane. Clean. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of the electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Affordable. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, propane costs approximately 30% less than electricity in the U.S. The savings in Minnesota can even be higher. Reliable. Propane is energy stored on site, independent of the grid. Propane can power your home or business anytime you need it. Energy. Propane is a direct energy source used at your home or business, unlike electricity, which is produced somewhere away from your home. By the time electricity gets to your home, 66% of the energy used to produce it is lost. That is why propane is approximately three times more efficient than electricity. Propane, the right energy right now. For more information on what propane can do for you and the environment, go to propane.com. Also, a shout out to Connecticut Water. The Shirks have a Connecticut whole home water system and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. Connecticut water cleaned up our smelly well water. Our laundry smells great, and my wife Katie loves what Connecticut water does for both her hair and her skin. 
But here's the biggest impact I notice. Every morning, both of the Shirk boys make a point to fill their water bottles from the K-5 tap before they rush off to school. In the afternoon, before hockey practices, they'll fill their water bottles again. Connecticut, great tasting water from the world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Are you on the hunt for a perfect gift? Well, this year, give your loved one a gift that never goes out of style and will last forever. Give them a lifetime hunting or fishing license. A lifetime license just might be the best gift they ever receive. The Minnesota DNR offers a variety of lifetime licenses that include fishing, small game, sportsman, deer hunting, and more. Costs vary by age, and it really pays off big time to purchase a lifetime license for youngsters. Get this, a lifetime license purchased for a Minnesotan age three or younger will pay itself off in about 15 years. That means from about age 30 on, their fishing license will be free the rest of their life. If they move out of state, their license is still valid when they come back forever. My kids have lifetime sportsman's licenses. And last year we bought one for my nephew and my dad too. I just can't think of a better gift to give to someone that loves the outdoors. The memories that we make together in the field and on the water are priceless. A lifetime license makes the outdoors accessible forever. Learn more at mndnr.gov slash lifetime. That's mndnr.gov slash lifetime. Now back to the podcast. It's a quick walk from MEP's main building over to the company's original shop built back in 1962. When I walk inside, I catch the distinct smell of paint. It's strong, but kind of smells good. This is the spot where MEP's blades earn their colors. To understand the painting process is to understand where the brass blades come from. Remember, MEPS started in France. A small production facility still remains there in the far south of the country. French workers machine both brass blades and all the bodies and beads that will become components for MEPS baits. Those all get shipped 4,446 miles from France to Antigo where the paint crew gets busy. One, two, <laughs> three. These blades come to us from France. Rosella Spencer grabs handfuls of the blades and hangs them one by one by the hundreds on small hooks on homemade paint racks. She wheels those wooden racks over to a small paint booth where Margaret Gresh takes over. I watch as she paints the blades with four very distinct colors. That is called a hot fire tiger. And we used an etch white, yep. fluorescent chartreuse, fluorescent, fluorescent, yep. and uh, fluorescent green. How long does that paint normally take to dry? Or we, give cure? It, we give it 20 minutes before we put it in the oven. This is gonna dry it, dry it a little faster and the end result is a beautiful blade ready for Deborah Zahn's most discerning eyes. 
Her job is to stamp a little black MEPS Aglia logo on every single blade. But as soon as we get to work, we stop. See it? No, it looked, oh, just that one little. Yeah, that's. There's what? Hey, you're kind of picky. It's my job. <laughs> she spots a tiny little ink smudge. <laughs> she hands me actually a magnifying glass so I can actually see it. That little spot stops the entire printing process. Deborah replaces the logo card and then tries again. Back on track, the blades fall into bins. They are now ready for production. I skirt back to the main building and pass a little wooden sign. It says, Squirrel Tails. Company president Mike Sheldon remembers how that sign actually got on the building. My dad used to fish the Wolf River, which is east of town here. And he was out one day and he caught a limited trout. And when he got back to his car, there was a young guy also coming out and my dad showed him the trout that he had caught and it was a nice catch of trout and the kid opened up his creel and showed my dad his catch and they were all bigger than my dad's he said what did you catch those on and he showed him a map spinner that he had tied some squirrel tail on too from that moment owner todd sheldon asked employees to start collecting as many squirrel tails as possible that was then and this is now so the sign out front looks like you guys do take squirrel tails. Yes, we do. How many in a year? I'm not exactly sure on that. I would say around 50,000 or so, maybe. All those squirrel tails solely the responsibility of Cindy Keelman. She stands over a workbench of dried tails in all different sizes and colors. We get a lot of them through the mail. We also get locals to drop them off. When they come in, are those boxes like summer fresh? Yes. Some are very smelly. The post office doesn't really like us too much some days. I, I, can you blame them? Cindy first unpacks, then washes and dries and sorts thousands upon thousands of tails. People who donate them get between 12 and 25 cents per tail. Yeah, it's a thing. It's hardly, though, a money-making scheme. No. <laughs> Talking lots of tails. <laughs> Here I'm grading them. These have been washed and dried, and we can keep them now for a couple of years. And I'm grading them for the length of the hair, a number four hook, a 10, eight, or six hook, and a number two hook. So we can have the longest hair for our bigger hooks. They'll all be tied up. They'll all be a fishing lure. You'll never guess who does all that tying. I'm gonna tie a number four fox squirrel tail for you, or brown. Cindy can tie a tail onto a treble hook in literally seconds. She stacks each completed tail into a box. You look at that box and every single one looks alike. How many of these have you tied in your career? <laughs> Millions. No, I need an exact number. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> it's a lot, especially when you realize Cindy's been working at MEPS for 38 years. But I was a home fly tire before I came here. 
they had a program where you could tie at home. So I did that while my kids were younger. So I tied about 10 years at home before I came to the plant. That's the intrigue of this place, and more importantly, maybe the people. None of this work seems like a big deal to them, even to the company president. We've always been kind of low key, so I guess that's, that's part of it. And generally uh, avoid publicity. So what am I doing sitting here being interviewed for a TV program? <laughs> In this case, our TV show's podcast, Okay, it's time to thank a couple more sponsors, but after a quick break, the dangers of working in a fishing lure factory. Quick hands lead to... So, ah! A hook in the hand. I thought I was going to have to go in and she reaped it. You're listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Up first, a shout out to Heat Hog. Heathog, the hottest name in portable propane heaters. More reliable, wider heat area, and packed with features for hunting, camping, fishing, tailgating, workshops, and job sites. Tired of melted ice at your feet in your pop-up ice shelter? Heathog is the only heater with adjustable tilt that sends the heat exactly where you want it. Heat your body, not just your feet. You want more features? Heat Hog keeps your fuel warm for longer runtime per tank. Plus, these portable units blast heat to a 33% wider area than the competition. With three different models to choose from, there is a Heat Hog just the right size for you to get easy to use, portable, reliable heat. Stay warmer, longer with Heat Hog. Visit heathog.com and order one today with free shipping. Heat Hog, the only one that tilts. Also, it's hunting season, which is why you need to visit North Dakota Tourism. A shout out to North Dakota Tourism. You know, again, right now we are in the woods and out on the prairie chasing birds. And I'm still planning details for my fall hunt in one of my all-time favorite hunting destinations, North Dakota. The most recent bird count is just in. Biologists in North Dakota report the total number of pheasants observed. That number was 65 birds per 100 miles of roadway. That is up 61% from last year. And broods, 7.5 per 100 miles. That number is up 70%. The end result, world-class upland hunting. On the waterfowl side, 2023 was one of the wettest springs on records, which means an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks. That number is also up from last season. Add to that North Dakota's PLOTS program, 800,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting. The, all that together, you have your spot just waiting for the perfect fall hunt. Make memories and hunt North Dakota. Plan your adventure just like we do at hellond.com. Now, back to the podcast. I've traveled to Antigo, Wisconsin to discover a small fishing lure. It's called the Meps Aglia Spinner, a legacy bait that made Fish and Stream Magazine's top 50 list of all-time lures. Yes, it's that big a deal. With the squirrel tail tied and the bright blades painted, 
I watch Rita Swanson shoot partially assembled baits over to work partner Tara Wickersheim. This process is assembly. Um, she's stripping and clipping and I'm assembling. Stripping process is putting this dress treble hook on the wire with the body. Rita finishes and then drops the bait into a small plastic pipe buried in the desk. Yeah, it goes down the tube and there's like air shoots it out. Right across to Tara. She adds the beads, a little bell, a clevis, and blade. Her hand machine twists the wire and locks the lure parts together forever. These two work really fast, <laughs> maybe too fast at times. So, ah! Tara shows me a cell phone photo. It's one of her hand with a hook buried deeply in it. That was the last hook I got just a couple months ago. So Ruthie pulled it off. I thought I was going to have to go in and she reaped it. I guess you call that a quirk of the fishing lure business. Since I've been back two years, I've probably had five or less. No hooks today, thank goodness, but we do have a bin full of completed Aglia spinners. All done. Thank you, ladies. Now, normally this would go to the conveyor belt, but special deal today. I'm here, so follow me. We are going to bring it over here to Kim and Amy who are ready to package. There you go, is that enough? I dumped the bin of baits at Kim Wiegart and Amy Dehart's workstation. You see, together they package the lures. Okay, so we are taking these spinners, we are laying them in the blister form. When I hit the button, it's gonna rotate and the card's gonna come down and it will package it. But not before I jump in and try and help. What a dumb idea. All right, show me again how you do it. My hands seem to work painfully slowly compared to theirs. They load baits 10 times faster than me. Uh, production was down 72% on Tuesday afternoon. Okay, ready? No, I'm not ready yet. This is ridiculous. You have three times as many done. We now have about 300 spinners packaged and ready for store shelves. But the process isn't quite complete. I carry all those baits over to one last stop. I have a delivery for you. Arlene Ducan boxes up the baits for big stores. Well, we know who has the quickest hands in this place. She works at a blur. Lots of days we are racing the UPS guy. Even stuffing shipping boxes this fast, Arlene is able to look at every single bait. Also in charge of quality control. They find something that doesn't look good. That one, for example, is gonna get tossed out. Discerning and experienced eyes after years of work. 45 years of experience. Like that, the MEPS experience is all but complete. At least the production part. After all, Antigo builds these baits to get used, which is why I take a quick 20 minute drive out of town and up to a tiny Wisconsin lake. I've never been here before, but as soon as I pull in at the boat launch, I hop in with fishing guide, Chris Opper. 
He's an angler who has a little soft spot for MEPS spinners. Yeah, these bright colors have been working. Oh. We toss our chartreuse aglias back to lily pads and you simply reel in slowly. And like that, there's one. Seems we cannot keep bass off these spinners. Got another MEPS fish is what I've got. In the span of just a few dozen casts, we catch half a dozen fish. Even the little ones are fun. Too bad this trip ends <laughs> kind of as quickly as it starts. See, we have to hit the road and drive back to Minneapolis. So Chris chucks one last cast. Big pike, big pike. Don't lose it. He's coming at right at you, right? No. Seems almost staged. A big fish grabs his mess. A bit of a fight, and Chris puts the fish in our net. Maps catches anything. Catches anything. <sighs> what? <sighs> Breathe. Good fish. That a boy. Just go out, cast the maps. <laughs> and then that. That is the lure of maps, a legacy bait that is built in the heart of Wisconsin's North Woods. 24 hours ago, I arrived as a relative stranger here, but I leave feeling a friend. We get ready to carry all our TV gear out of maps, but not before Kim Wiegart cuts me off and almost makes me blush. What do you got? What is this? Your dessert. Remember? In Kim's hands, two plates dripping with freshly baked Wisconsin cobbler. Those are hand-picked raspberries from probably two years ago from the neighbors, which I more or less stole. Went and got blueberries, put the two together, and voila. You know, better to give than to receive, you know, one of those deals. Give me a so. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're this is amazing. Well, I knew you'd like it. We have never, ever. You're unbelievable. I know I am. How's that for an absolute surprise? Mouth full. I'm out. But not before a big thank you to Team Meps. Until next week, remember, introduce a kid to the great outdoors. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods, and this is the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories.